Welcome to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast, the podcast for professional turf managers. Here, we talk about the profession, the ever-changing products, and the business side of owning and operating a turf management company. Whether this is your first year in the business or your 20th, our discussions and special guests will help you continue to grow a successful business. Now, here are your hosts with 35 plus years in the green industry, Kevin and Doug. All right, guys, welcome back. Today, we're going to do things a little different. We're going to talk maybe some dirt, but nothing about turf. Um, we have a special guest on today that we're going to get to. But as always, I go to Doug first. Doug, how are you? What was your week like? And, and what do you see moving forward? Awesome. Um, just uh, want to announce a little change. Um, you know, some of you do know, some of you don't. But, you know, today was my last day with Turf Trade. Um, we, we left on great terms. I'm still working with them. Um, you know, so if you were my customer, you're still my customer. Just, just not a lot of time to call everybody to say what's going on. And, uh, but you know, feel free to call me, um, you know, can talk to you all about it, but you know, at the end of the day, um, that's what's going on in my world, but, uh, enough of me and let's get to it. Yeah. So I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your last name. So I'm gonna let you do that, Ashley. So today we have, um, and, and we're going to, it's going to be a long different story that's going to start from something pretty scary and ugly and, and end up in something pretty amazing. So why don't you introduce yourself, Ashley, what you, obviously your name and your rank and title, because you are in the forces and I'm going to let you explain that all. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. My name is Ashley Piccarelli. I'm a warrant officer in the army and I fly helicopters. So when you say you fly <laughs> helicopters, what kind? <laughs> so I'm rated on the, uh, uh, UH-72 uh, Lakota and the UH-60 uh, Blackhawk. Wow. And, That's great. And do they <laughs> do they both do the same thing or are they totally different machines? So they do different things. Uh, they're, they're designed for different mission sets. So the UH-60 um, pr primarily would be for medevac, um, air assault, that kind of thing, troop transport. And then the UH-72, the Lakota, is used more for um, surveillance, um, that kind of thing, or counter drug missions, more stateside, um, where the the Blackhawk will be overseas. Yeah. So, you are full time in the military, correct? So I'm with the Massachusetts National Guard, um, but I'm uh, on full time orders. And when you're uh, a pilot, having to um, hit minimums and stuff like that, you are on orders more often than, let's say, the average um, uh, National Guardsman. But um, unless you're on the full-time orders, you're still, you know, sometimes have a, another full-time job along with it. I currently don't. Um, I'm working with the counter-drug out of Massachusetts. Um, so we'll be helping out the Mass State Police with different missions with the Lakota. Um, so I'm lucky enough to kind of make it a full-time gig. Um, but not all the time does that happen. Um, so you're looking at these these army aviators that have to juggle creating the, keeping the same minimums that an active duty um, pilot has to keep, but also have to juggle their full-time job. <clears throat> I got so That's many, awesome. I got so many questions. My gosh, this is <laughs> going to be wild. Right? Be before we get into the big military questions, why don't we go way back? How many years ago was way back when you had your uh, accident? So I, I, so the accident was a little over uh, two years ago. That's now. it? Yeah, and I know. And you're doing this well. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, August of, of uh, 
2021 was my accident. So, you know, where when I said in the beginning that we're going to talk dirt and not turf, and, and it, I think it's going to hit home to a lot of our listeners because we've all <laughs> done it. You, know, you were in the construction field, right? Working in a trench. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, Working for a, a company that just was building houses from the ground up. So from step one to finally the houses is up there. So I'm going to let you take the wheel from here and, and just kind of explain what happened there. Because I I know a little bit of the backstory. And unfortunately, I had a cousin at UConn that, that died from this exact same thing. No way. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. I mean. And your accident was a little, and, and as, as tragic as it was, I think it was a little bit luckier because he was his collapse happened while he was standing up. So it was right okay. against his chest. It knocked the wind out of him and they, and yeah. they, his head was above and he suffocated. Okay. They could not get him out fast. No, enough. exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the big, I mean, they say that even if you get buried from your waist down, um, the impact of it and the impression of the dirt can be so bad that your muscles actually poison you because uh, they deteriorate in within seconds. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty scary, but it's called rhabdomyolosis. Yes, that's that's the one. You got it. <laughs> Sorry. I have a little bit of background in nutrition and health, but I try to keep that quiet. <laughs> that's awesome, though. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. Talk if you could, please, as yeah, much yeah, as you definitely. feel comfortable of talking about it, because it was I saw a picture and it's a pretty horrific scene that I saw. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I left the Air Force. I was in the Air Force for um, a little over five years and uh, with aspirations to become a pilot and, um, you know, boarded with the Army. I was, you know, a, a full-time reservist out of Westover. Um, so I left a full-time job, um, made the transition to the Army, went to basic training and tech school for a job unrelated. I actually went to Army plumbing school um, for <laughs> so six weeks. So you're a plumber too? <laughs> I'm a plumber too. Guys, can if I you need your, a plumber. Can I get your number if I need it, Need some uh, plumbing fit Anything done? but a clogged toilet. Roger that. Nice. So I just needed a job to hold me over until I left for flight school. It was only going to be a couple months. And I was like, you know what? You know, I'm, I I love, you know, building, um, you know, owning properties. I have rental properties. I, I want a job that maybe will give me some more skills. I just finished the plumbing school and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'll get a job with construction. And I just took a grunt job, you know, whatever they needed. You know, I just wanted to learn any skill I could. Um, and this one company was building a house from, you know, it was, it was a full house. And then it was, a, I believe they were going to do a couple like uh, townhomes, but they had, they had a pretty extensive project. And I was there for the beginning of the project and um, uh, seven days on the job. So it was a Tuesday of the, of the next full week of, of being hired on. Um, I, you know, stupidly, you know, maybe to my benefit because, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you know later, but I, I definitely didn't think I was going to die. It was never across my mind during this whole time, but, you know, run, jumping into this 13 foot trench in, in the ground, oh. no, no shoring, no boxes. Now I know that you're supposed to have all this. I didn't know. And I'm just jumping in and then we're, we're taking city um, sewer lines from the main road down to where we're building the house. So, you know, I'm just kind of putting in these pipes together. I'm feeling pretty badass, you know, I'm <laughs> doing some real work, you know, <laughs> nice. and, you know, not, not once did I think that I, you know, this was something that could yeah, yeah. be something that would kill me, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that, that afternoon, I, I believe it was just right after lunch. We had taken our lunch break. I was down, I was packing some of the gravel underneath the, the pipe itself. Um, and 
the guy up in the excavator up top just says, watch out. I think he had seen the wall start to collapse. And I think that actually was a a contributor to saving my life because then I looked up at him and I think that opened up my airway, even though, you know, you can't really breathe in dirt, but (laughs) I, I think it was a contributing factor to, to being alive, you know? So I get hit by this wall of dirt and I break, you know, 10 ribs, all but one on my left. I think one or two on my on my right. It hit me from the the left to the right. Broke my clavicle. Oh my god! Um, I lost my spleen. 20 percent of my liver had oh. to be removed. Oh my gosh! Um, and then the biggest thing was the vena cava, the major artery back to the art heart had a huge hole in it. Holy and moly! So they yeah. Oh they, I think they said that a um, a different artery that attached to that one had like ripped off and they had to reconstruct my diaphragm, my sternum. I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty oh intense. God, well, you uh, I mean, thank God you survived this. But how did you survive? Oh, my God, it's crazy. I mean, it, I was in the best shape of my life. Okay. You know, I just um, I probably maybe about a year and a half prior started doing CrossFit. I've always been into fitness my whole life. You know, I went to UMass Amherst for kinesiology. I was a personal trainer for a little while, but I really got myself in the best shape because I was trying to get into flight school, you mm-hmm. know, and I was, it, there's a really heavy weight on, on how well you perform, you know, physically in their PT tests and things. So, you know, I was in the best shape of my life. And, and that's one thing that the, the, the hedge surgeon, Dr. Kramer at Bay State said, you know, they were like, Hey, you being as fit as you were helped you survive that. Impact, Absolutely. Absolutely. Know? No question. Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I'm still starstruck. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like speechless actually. I mean, <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. I can't even imagine. So no, for, uh, the injuries are one thing. Yeah. 13 feet down. How much of coverage were there? The picture that I saw, it looked like there were only four or five feet in the ground. Yeah. How, that, that, you know, I think that's how much they, they had to dig down um, because the the whole wall collapsed into the hole I was in. Um, So I, you know, there's, there's quite a few feet of dirt on top of me. I don't know the exact number. I vaguely remember um, the OSHA investigators say, you know, five to six feet of dirt was on top of me, but I was right next to the ruler that we were using (laughs) to measure the ground. And, and I think that also (laughs) saved my life because they knew where to find me. Ah, you know I mean? yeah. So they were able to dig down a certain amount with the excavator, I believe, and then hand dug the rest, you know, because you don't want to dig so far that you just, you know, right. take my head off. You know? Yeah. <laughs> how how long did the excavation of you take? Um. So when they told me that it took about 30 minutes, I don't know if it was I was under there for 30 minutes or from start to finish. That's still like, ankles are out, you know, you know, 30 minutes. But you know, I was awake for the whole thing. I, uh, as far as I know, and I just remember when that dirt hit me, it, you know, it just felt like when that, that playful friend of yours just hugs you really tight and like <laughs> almost too much. And you're just like, oh, I don't really like it. It's just uncomfortable. That's all it really felt like my lungs were collapsed. I believe it might've just actually been my left lung that was collapsed, but I was, I just remember taking little tiny, tiny breaths and you know, and, and I didn't panic. 
Really? And it could have been that I was so naive. You're better than me, think. I would have. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I guess normally, uh, you know, a, a sane person would have been like, I've just been buried alive. I'll probably die. Me, I'm like, nah, they know where I am. I'll be fine, you know? And I didn't panic. Oh, God. That's yeah. the young and dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really, it really See, is. It helped me out, man. Now, do well, you... When you're, when you're young, you feel invincible, and you know, See, that could, was, that could have been part of it. Yeah. Die, right? yeah. <laughs> Do you have any claustrophobia now because of it? So the funny thing is, and, I, and this is the only thing I struggle with, I struggle with the fact that I don't, right? I'm like, I don't have any real PTSD. I don't look at a hole, you know, on the side of the road that has those boxes and think, oh, that was the box that could have saved me, you know, like, <laughs> I, you know, and that's the one thing I, the only thing I really struggle with, I'm like, how am I not, you know, so I'm really lucky right from the get-go when, when I was in the hospital, any nurse, any aide, any person that came into that, that, that hospital room, I, I just talked about it. And I think talking about it you helped, know, you. helped me heal, yeah, yeah. you know, rather than suppressing it and hiding it. And, you know, were you able to like, commu- I mean, this is going to be sound weird, but like, were you able to hear them talk to you while they were rescuing you? Were you able to say anything right. or give yeah. them any kind of indicator, you know, anything like that? Yeah. So when I got um, uh, unburied and finally out to my waist, um, you know, I kept saying I couldn't breathe. I kept saying that my legs hurt, which nothing was wrong with my legs. I'm sure it might've been, you know, just the pressure. Yeah, the pressure. Yeah. yeah. So they thought I had broken my legs and I, I kept talking and, um, and I, it, one of the, actually one of the firefighters that was on the scene was my youngest sister's good friend's husband. You know, he kept saying, do you, you know, like, just to be, to be nice, you know, he was like, Hey, you, you recognize me, right? Like, I was like, I, I just, I just can't breathe. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but then when I got into the ambulance, um, you know, they were asking me my name and apparently I didn't give them my name because they actually, I actually went into the hospital as like a Jane Doe. No one, really, wow. I was so new to the job site and I don't, I don't even know. I, I think they knew my first name. I don't, I don't know if they knew my <laughs> well, I, or it's the chick on the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. I also don't have the easiest last name, you know? Um, but in the hospital, I'm sorry, in the ambulance, um, one of the paramedics and he's actually getting awards for what he did. Um, it seemed like every step of the way, everyone did everything right. Right. Awesome. Uh, other than the, the fact that the accident happened. Right. But <laughs> that's what OSHA was but, there for. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I remember him asking me things. I think I told him I was allergic, you know, to certain medications or whatever. And, and one gentleman, you know, um, I remember asking my, he asked for my name and I, I thought I said it, but you know, whatever. And then the guy to my, to my left was like, Hey, I got to give you a chest tube. And I was like, Oh, hell no. And then, <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember anything after that. I, I guess I, I, I passed out and, and then I woke up briefly when I got to the hospital. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And wow. then obviously with some of the surgery or the, the injuries you mentioned, you had surgery. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, they had I, to go into your heart. They had to go everywhere. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I, I immediately went into, um, I think they said like a, a four hour surgery or something like that. A very extensive surgery, um, right off the bat, right. When I got to the, to the emergency room, um, to stop the internal bleeding. Um, they, I guess at one point, I'm not sure which part of the, which surgery because I had two, uh, you know, right away on that day mm-hmm. uh, or, or a few hours later, I had a second one, but, um, they actually had to take out my heart. They had to open up my sternum oh my God. and they actually had to hand pump my heart to get me going again. Like they're oh like, your God. heart was in the, in I'm having hand. PTSD. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, 
and like not to i'm not making light of this but like and no. you're smiling about it as you're oh, yeah. talking about it and it's like oh, and kevin and i are in like awe because it's no. like what do you mean your heart was like out of your body like come on holy cow That's well you know i feel lucky you know i mean they oh, said a one percent yes. chance of surviving a one percent chance of surviving the type of surgery i had so i mean i guess i had a half a percent really of, of, of surviving god was certainly on your side that oh, yeah. day. No so question yep. about it no. Wow. The way I look at it, your crew on your helicopter is the lucky luckiest crew out there because you've already you've already cast your ticket in, man. You're you're good right. to go you're, for a while. Yeah, see? Yeah. Exactly. So they should be, you know, you're Yeah, we want her. <laughs> your chief and all that. Yeah, Ashley's flying us. We're good. Now she shit. Yeah. She, she we already escaped. About it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the odds of that happening again. No, we're good. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's oh my cool. gosh. Insane. Wow. Yeah. I so, wouldn't wish I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. No, and no, definitely I've not. been in many of trenches, and 13 feet is no flipping joke. That's no, that's no. a deep, deep trench. Oh, yeah. And it was very narrow. It, which is it, crazy because yeah, if you're not using insuring, and I can't remember exactly, but it's every two that you go down, you go over two. So really, right. that, that, right. that trench should have been 26 feet wide technically, but not right to the full depth you're at 26. It, it steps yes. down like the... Like right. The, yeah. Yeah. Bleachers. And I guess they were they were supposed to have shoring as little as four feet in the ground. Oh, a hundred percent. That that was that was something my, I learned. I, my cousin died at four feet. Okay. Yeah. See. At yeah. U, exactly. Uh, at UConn during one of the expansions. So yeah, yeah it, it's the the amount of weight in soil is baffling. It's, right. It's, they, it's right. A compression. Did they, did they say how why like why the wall collapsed? Did it just like you know was it too much? Yeah, I think machine, I think you know. I think it was it was too tall, too narrow. I also think we had a lot of rain that week. So groundwater. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think so, that contributed to it. Yeah, underneath was probably weak, and then it just right. gave in. Right. Yeah, got it. Exactly. Just kind of curious, you know. I know, it's, right? It's something that I hope that never happens to anyone again. Obviously, exactly. You know? I know. Um, no. So I imagine OSHA. Well, you mentioned OSHA was there, so I'm sure there was a pretty hefty investigation and fine involved in that. Oh yeah, they they got probably shut down on out of business. I, I would yeah, think yeah. for that one. Yeah, they got the highest um, at fault you can get, you know, in multiple areas. Wow. It it wasn't just that. So OSHA did their did their due diligence to find that they actually were cutting a lot of corners. Oof. And then yeah. we don't we don't want to know the company's name. I don't want to. No, no, I don't want to yeah, get involved I, in any of that. I won't that's, do that. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's on you. But we're not looking to no, drag no. drag anyone through the mud since you were drugged through the no. mud already. No. Oh. No. But yeah, you know. So what was your recovery time for all of that? I mean, that's that's serious injuries. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, you know, I was in the hospital. I was in the ICU for, I think, about a week. Um, and at that point, I was I was literally writing on a notepad to communicate with my family because I had a, a trach in, yeah, and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And then finally, when I went to, um, they call it the intercare unit, a step down from ICU, mm -hmm. I was there for about three weeks. Um, and everybody, all the nurses and the aides and everybody there, uh, unbelievable. I mean, I, I have a, a lot of respect for for those those nurses and, and everyone I saw on a daily basis because I never saw someone have a bad day. You know, we all have bad days. And as as a, a caretaker, as as a nurse, as someone who's you know trying to get us sick people, you know, through our day, you know, they never they never wavered. And it, it was really cool to see because you know. We're all at fault of having bad days, but they sure didn't show it. 
Yeah. When I was younger, I, you know, not anything close to this, but, you know, I was in the hospital. I had gotten struck in the eye with a baseball oh, and I couldn't, I couldn't watch TV. The lights couldn't be on. No. I couldn't, I couldn't read because it would put too much strain on my other right. eye. And I got to tell you, you know, I think it's something we all take for granted in the world right. is that these nurses that are in the hospital, they really give a crap and exactly. they really care about the yeah. person that they're taking care of. Yeah. And, you know, I can, I mean, obviously I don't remember the people's names and whatnot, but I can, right. I kind of can look back and like, man, I rec I, if I saw the person today, I, I might be able to recognize yeah, them right. but at the same time. I applaud them for the way they took care of me, exactly. especially because I was 15 years old and oh, I couldn't geez. watch TV. Are you no, kidding right? me? So <laughs> I, I mean, there's clearly nothing like what you went through, but I can. No, no, but still. I, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nurses are just uh, yeah. something I think we all take for granted. Exactly. Oh yeah. And heck back then, Doug, the nurses wore the uniforms back then. Yes, they did. Cause my, my mom oh, was geez. retired. She was 35 years as a nurse. So, you know, I watched. He called me. From, he called me old, by the way. Uh, we're the same age. So oh, I'm, uh -oh. <laughs> I'm rubber year glue type thing. Yeah, um, but yeah. It's just funny because my daughter is in the nursing program now. Um, yeah. And when my mom went, I mean, you had to wear the white outfit. Wow. The, the skirt. You couldn't wear pants. You had to wear the little white hat, the special yep. hat, all that stuff. And now it's scrubs. You don't know if they're yeah. a doctor or a nurse or no, it's just yeah. they come in. And it's definitely gotten a lot laxed, which, which is good because exactly. Yeah makes them feel a little bit more uh, comfortable at what they're doing. Cause like you said, right. it's not an easy, not job. easy. No, no, definitely no, not, easy. not even, not even close to being an easy job. No. So rehab, did you go to a rehab or did you do it at home? Um, so in the hospital, I had an occupational therapist cause uh, I did have to kind of relearn to walk and, and climb stairs. And um, I was, wow. I, I was using a walker for a long time and, um, one thing that I think helped me out a lot too was um, every morning at 5 a.m. I don't know why they pay 5 a.m., but I had to go from my room to uh, um, probably maybe 20 yards away to another room to get a chest x-ray, right? So I needed these daily checks at chest x-rays. And once I could make that trip, you know, pretty good on my own, I, I started doing laps in that on that floor. And I learned that if you did... I believe it was 20 laps. You were doing a, a two mile walk. <laughs> and so every day at 5 a.m., I would go get my chest x-ray and then do, I built myself up pretty quickly to that 20 laps. Um, wow. And, uh, I, th I think that that was a big part of, you know, getting my lungs to move, getting everything. Because then after that, yeah, I went to, I went home and I had a visiting nurse and I did have an occupational therapist come, you know, one or two times. But, you know, I really didn't need any physical therapy you know i didn't you know i was uh, yeah so i was really lucky in that sense yeah absolutely <laughs> wow that's just it's it's amazing it's truly amazing I, the reason they got you up at five because probably all the other patients weren't in the military before and they're like well shit we're not gonna get those people up <laughs> so like tay oh, that, she's it we, that'd be like you and me <laughs> oh, they yeah. could get us up at four o'clock in the morning we're ready to go yeah i'd exactly. be there for, i'd be yep. there for nurse change and like you want me to carry your bag for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> no <laughs> doubt Early morning yeah. sucked. So, so you're saying this was less than we'll, we'll call it two years ago. Yeah. Yep. And you were able to get through that whole ordeal, healing, and then get into a an object that doesn't glide that likes to drop like a rock out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, why didn't you go for fixed wing or something? I mean, at least you got half a I shot know, of gliding. Right? I mean, <laughs> you would think, right? I mean, learn learn from the first lesson, right? But. 
No, I mean, my heart was always set on rotary wing. I already had some Robinson 22 time. It's a small rotary wing. Um, I, I did that. I paid it out of pocket to kind of get beef up my packet to make it look good for, for the army board, you know? Um, so I'd already flown about 30 hours in one of those. And, and it, 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 the, the mission set alone, you know, medevac was, was what I wanted. I, you know, and, and even more so once I got out, cause then I, I, I saw what they did to save my life. And if right. I could give back a little bit, the I urgency wanted to. of it. Exactly. Yep. My brother did the medevac for a long time. Yeah. He, uh, he worked uh, for Penn star over at the university of Penn in oh, Philadelphia. Wow. And, uh, he did it for a long time. He, I mean, he started out as like a paramedic on a okay. town being paramedic, but then right. he took a job over there and, uh, you know, one, there was just one accident that kind of stopped oh. him from doing it. It was just yeah. something he'll probably never forget. No, and no. I won't talk about that one on air, but right. it was, it was bad. Um, and then one day he's like, I can't do this anymore. No. So, um, you know, I applaud again, anyone who does that kind of stuff. It's thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, thank, thank, thank him for me. You know, that's, that's awesome that he gave as much time as he did, you know, yeah. we need more people like that. Yeah, we do. And especially in today's world, it seems like we have less and less people who want to do those kinds of things. And right, um, right. we definitely need them. And the, the mindset, unfortunately, of our world right now is the, it's the taking instead of the giving. And, and oh, we're yeah. seeing, those... we're seeing the ramifications of that in yep. e every level. Yeah. Every, I don't oh, care yeah. what level you're looking at. It, it's nope it's true it, it's top it's the bottom really really sad. The i deserve mentality right? yeah i love that <laughs> entitlement and, oh we gave right. we just gave too many participation awards out that's all <laughs> there we go it's true I, hey, you know, I do have a few of those i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i finished in 400th place 400th place and i got a trophy yeah, yeah. so just to go back to our age when when i was growing up when the medevac which is called lifestar in connecticut um first came around our neighbor's girlfriend was one of the first flight nurses on it. Oh, cool. nice. I remember going and seeing it landing in the section and, and you know, the spotlights picking up this wire and the cops are over here and da, 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 da. Right. Anyway, talking to our neighbor who his name was Joey about it. He goes, Oh, I met all the pilots are cool. They were all ex Vietnam pilots. Right. And they're like, shit, no one's shooting at us. I, I got a telephone wire in a tree. I'm like, how hard? Yeah. I'll put this bird down wherever you want it. It's, yeah. it's just exactly right. so cool to watch you guys take these things and put them into places. I love flight. If I if I could get, I would love to get my pilot's license. I'm just baffled by it. Um, I, Right, yeah, you should do it. I don't I know mean, about helicopters. You'll get addicted to the skies. Oh, know? see, that's the problem. I have an, an addictive personality, so... <laughs> That's I do boating because it's kind of the freedom in the ocean where you okay, it's yeah. a little different it's than being on land. Feel, yeah. But if something breaks, I can float. <laughs> yeah. I, re I really do think about that because, yeah, a pilot's license, sure, great. But when that shit goes down, it goes down. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely a risky. Yeah. You'll, you'll never catch me in a helicopter. Sorry. But no? I just know it's, uh, nah. <laughs> I've been at like events, like corporate events, you know, back in the day where we went yeah. on helicopter rides and I did not go on. No. I'm just it's not my thing and yeah again i applaud everyone who does it because <laughs> it's just it is just not me hey no that's okay i mean it took me till my honeymoon to go on an airplane the first time now <laughs> now i'll go on an airplane all day long but right right um uh, but it took me till i was well, i guess i was what 28 28 to get on an airplane yeah. so <laughs> wow. if it didn't have four wheels and have a steering nope. wheel i wasn't going <laughs> no exactly <laughs> 
So the way that we all met um, is through our social media gal, which is a good friend of yours, correct? Jessica? Yes, very good That's friend how, for a very long time. That, this is how it all came down. So it's it's yeah. time to give her a little recognition. So we're just going to take a quick second, get get some money paid here to our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Hey, guys, are you struggling with your social media? Or maybe you're like Doug and I and just take a ton of pictures and never seem to get them posted in a consistent manner. Well, thanks to Creative Content by Jessica, this task can be completely removed from your to-do list. If you're looking to increase both social media presence and your client base, Jessica can definitely help. From a simple post to the complete management of your social media platforms, Creative Content by Jessica specializes in creating and posting relevant material targeted to your audience. You know, we met Jessica and utilized her creativity by creating our monthly newsletter. It went from a simple email that we would send to our clients to a beautiful piece that is now attached to an email every month that our clients get. These same pieces can be printed and sent out as direct mail marketing. Creative Content loves to do direct mail marketing pieces, and this allows you to engage your clients from all different platforms. You can find Creative Content by Jessica across all social medias, and once you reach out to her, just tell her we said hi. All right, so how did you meet Jessica? Where did that all come together? So it was actually when I was a personal trainer at Best Fitness in Springfield. Oh, so now we got to get into this. So you kinesiology, oh. correct? Yep, yep, kinesiology at UMass Amherst. And what, you know, that's a tough subject to go in because there's not a lot of high paying jobs once you get out of there. Right. Why, right. why did you pick that? Uh, because my parents said I had to go to college. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I wanted a college degree, but I wanted it related. I knew I wanted to be a personal trainer. You know, that was something from a very young age. You know, I remember being a little girl, you know, 10 years old and putting my sisters through an ab workout, you know, <laughs> So I knew I wanted to do that, you know, yep. but, um, kinesiology was, you know, a degree that, you know, piqued my interest about, you know, the body, how it reacts to different stresses, exercise, movement, you know, exercise movement was really the, the translation of that. But, um, yeah, it's, it kind of led me to where I was and I, I, you know, got picked up as a personal trainer, you know, within just a few weeks of graduating, which I was really lucky. Yep. But you don't make the you don't make great money, you know. It's it's not you don't. It's it's not if you want, you know, like a, a huge house and eight cars, you know. Right. Very true. And you know, where we can tie this interview back even to what we do with our turf nutrition, which is basically for you is lawn fertilization. Um yeah. I came to the realization in 2018 when I was heavily involved in CrossFit and actually was part owner of a, a CrossFit gym the direct correlation between our soils and our grasses and to our human body. You know, <clears throat> as you right. know, we have our three macros that we need, our fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. Well, in a right. fertilizer bag is those three numbers you see, which is your, your let's say a 10, 10, 10, nitrogen, phosphate, and, and potash, however you want to say it. Right. Those are the grass macros. Well, we can get our macros from junk food, but we can also get our macros from healthier food and get all our micronutrients from there. And the right. same could be done with, with fertilization in lawns. And now, like I said, I focus on turf nutrition and working on the soils because I implement, thanks to meeting Doug and, and the pro programs he's brought to me, of all the micronutrients that are so important to our soils that they become more sustainable. You know, that green word, right, um, I'm not right. organic, but why would you not want to make the soils work within the environment that they're designed to no different than our human bodies? 
Right. That's, no, that's awesome. That's where the correlation came for me. And then the light went yeah. off. I'm like, oh, geez, look at this. It works. And it's, <laughs> it's Mother Nature was no joke. I mean, she's a pretty yeah. smart girl. It all right? ties yeah, together. <laughs> I mean, it, it. So that's where that all comes from. But our our listeners hear enough of that. They're 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 going to be more excited about your story. So what brings you from graduating with a degree in kinesiology to the Air Force? So as much as personal training and all that was also something I wanted since I was young, I also wanted uh, to be in the military. Um, and why I chose the Air Force, you know, I, I, I was kind of leaning towards, you know, uh, fire protection, which is what the Air yep. Force calls a firefighter. Um, I did take the Massachusetts firefighting exam. Um, and then broke my ankle and I, I couldn't take it any further, you know, um, we got to uh, keep you but, home. Uh, Is there any no, bone really you haven't broken? <laughs> I've broken so many oh bones and ligaments and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, it brought me to the recruiter, you know, doing my research about, you know, firefighting in, in the air force, um, uh, knowing that the Air Force Academy, their fire academy would give me more, I guess, when I wanted to go more civilian, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I actually didn't end up in fire protection, as most good recruiters are, right? They yeah. kind of convinced you to go a different way, which um, which was great. You know, I, I, I went into air transportation. I loaded up the C-5 out of Westover with whatever needed to, you know, help and support the troops overseas. And, um, you know, we, we uploaded... Blackhawks on the C5 and Chinooks and you know we also uploaded like the C130s and the and the um the uh, KC135s you know all all the tanker aircrafts um uh so it, it was fun it was a it was a great experience I loved the military um lifestyle I, I loved being a part of that and uh I knew that I wanted to continue doing it I, I just wanted to change my job at that point right what's the lifespan and I, I don't mean it the career span of, of being in your position right now, is there a burnout? Is there a move to the next level is, or are you just happy where you are? You think? Um, so for me personally, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to hit my retirement. You know, I want to be in 20 years and, and do the full gig. Um, as far as other people, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of 50, 50. If, if I guess in my experience, if you're going to kind of take it the long haul, or if you're going to, you know, leave, after your, your first contract and, and, and take those skills and, and move it on to, you know, the civilian world. But, um, yeah. Now I know in fixed wing, the two seats, you have your right seat and your left seat, right? Helicopter, the same in the same, um, uh, what is it? Ranking or, or order? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have your, your pilot seat, co-pilot seat, seat one, seat two, you know, and you'll, you, you'll, you'll exchange seats with between you and the more experienced guy in the beginning. Like right now I'm fresh out of, out of flight school. So, you know, I'll obviously have what they call an instructor pilot, you know, teaching me, getting me up through my progression um, to the point where I, I can get to that pilot in command um, where, you know, I'm more obviously useful for the mission set. How often do you fly? So um, right now at uh, for the Lakota specifically, um, I guess I, you know, cause I, I'll start flying on um, this coming, uh, February weekend is the projected we, we've had, um, maintenance issues with our aircraft, but I should be flying three days a week, you know, quite a few hours. So. And are they practice missions or are they actual missions? So in the beginning, it's all practice missions. It's, it's yep. training missions. It's, it's getting us to the point where we're, we're hitting all this. It's a very laid out 
plan out here. You're going to start here. You're going to go here. You're, you know, you have academic exams and, and teachings and, and things like that. You know, it's, it's definitely not the same. My naive, you know, I was going to say ass, but I don't know if I could say that. Yeah, it was like, you know how you just turn, turn on the car and you just drive. It's, it's not that way with a helicopter. I mean, you, you're putting people's lives at risk when you take that bird up. So you, you have to understand the aerodynamics, the, the engine systems, you know, all the emergency procedures and you need to be a hundred percent, um, a master of your craft, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, mercy. And, and you have feet pedals, you have hand pedals or hand sticks. You have all kinds of stuff. I mean, you, you, oh yeah, everything's moving at once. Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely one of the most typical things that, you know, when you're a fresh flight school student and then you're first learning how to hover and that's when you're trying to keep the aircraft, maybe, you know, 10 feet above the ground, but as still as you can. And, and you're trying to figure out, all right, this hand, you know, my, my right hand is the direction I'm going. My left hand is, is, how, is my power, how I go up and down. And my pedals are me turning side, you know, and your brain is just like, oh my God, and 10 minutes of that. And you felt like you were flying for, for 12 hours, you know? <laughs> so guys, if you need someone to operate your, your Bobcat on the weekend, Ashley's available too, because <laughs> She'll do just fine. But that's got four wheels. That's good for me. <laughs> See, there we go. Four wheels. <laughs> so is it harder to like hover off of a hard surface compared to the the more higher in the air? Like when you're closer because I mean, the wind affects it more right. or your rotor pitch changes because of that? Well, rotor pitch changes the higher you go up in the air in order to keep you, you know, wherever you want to be. And then winds obviously take an effect in that. Mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't say it was, it's necessarily easier or harder in any any way, just because it's just so different from each other, you know? All right. What's the craziest thing that you've done in a, in a helicopter? Well, I am fresh out of flight school, <laughs> so I haven't done anything crazy. Um, th actually, this February will be my first flight here in Massachusetts. So, um, yeah, nothing crazy yet. Wow. But I know crazy things to come. Um, exactly. I'm yep, trying to become yep. that master. I'm not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Temperatures affect them. Yes. So they call it flying like hot and heavy is like the worst you could be in. So the hotter it is, the heavier your aircraft is, yeah, you know, it, makes sense. It, it demands more out of, out of the engine. So, you know, temperature obviously is a, is a huge deal. And that's why we do so much pre-mission planning. We, we have to know that the, the weather, we have to know how heavy we are, how much fuel we need. So it's, it's, you know, extensive in that sense to even get yourself ready. Right. So one of my clients is a, a retired Marine and, and I see the flags and, and I actually <laughs> offer a higher discount to all my veterans um, awesome. and first responders. And I, I see him, I'm like, Hey Marine. He goes, ah, I really wasn't a Marine. I'm like, what do you mean you weren't a Marine? Right. <laughs> I was a crew chief on, on air force two. Well, not Air Force what? Two. What's the the helicopter two one that the the um, president's on? There's Marine One. Marine One. Yeah, Marine One. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, he was on he was on Marine Two. So he was he says sometimes I had the president, sometimes I didn't because you never know, and sometimes. Right. So he said what we would do in our training was his master pilot, whatever. If you he wasn't a pilot, he was a crew chief, so he was always on board, right. but. The pilot would be there and all right, the secondary is going to take over and the pilot would just take the yoke and cram it against his leg and just put it into a ridiculous position on purpose. He's like, what are you going to do? 
He's like, right. well, first thing you're going to do is move your leg. He goes, I'm not going to move your le- my leg. What are you going to do? And John tells me these stories over and over again. He goes, some oh, of them, yeah. he goes, I was getting a little nervous. He goes, it, it's getting crazy, but they'd always pull it out. So they, they did some pretty weird yeah. training on that just because of the circumstances they were in. But of course, yeah. Yeah. He, he says he was a Marine, but he, he says, I'm not. He goes, I, I had a cushy job. He goes, it was pretty, no, pretty was, neat. No matter what you, no matter what you do, you know. Oh, I, yeah. I get it. It, it was right? cool. Yeah, he, no. Every time I go there, he's got stories. I love he comes out and tells me some new stories. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has a purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, especially, yeah. especially in that. Absolutely. So what, what's your, your plan for the next, let's say year, where do we go from here? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm diving headfirst into this, uh, this career here, you know, doing pilot crap and, you know, (laughs) and that's four days a week. So right now, so I'm on order. So I'm there five days a week. Oh, you are. you know, once I start flying, we might only fly, you know, two, three days of that, of that week. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're working with, I'll, I'll learn more, but we'll be working with, you know, the Mass State Police and, you know, it, it's pretty cool, you know. Now, will your rank and ability bring you outside of where you live right now? Like, will you be stationed somewhere else, do you think? So, no. So I, I, Signed away 10 years of my life to the Massachusetts <laughs> National Guard. So, you know, I could be here in, in Western Mass. I, I could be out at the Cape at um, the base out there. Um, but no, I, I'll be in Massachusetts. Yep. Now, is this a DOD paycheck or a state paycheck? So it's DOD. It is, um, yeah. Yep, it's still DOD. But, um, you know, I I can't just be commissioned over to, you know, Connecticut or any other state because it is, you know, the money does come from Massachusetts in a way. Okay. So what, what, like, I mean, I know you may not be able to say, tell, tell us this, but so <laughs> what's the nuclear codes? What, yeah. What are you actually piloting, piloting for, for this? Like it, I know you said there's, you know, some drug enforcement and that kind of stuff, but like, what is the actual role of that helicopter's purpose for this? Let's say. Sir. It's really surveillance. It's support okay. for for the, for anybody on the ground. Okay. Um, they have these awesome cameras on the on the bottom of these these helicopters that can zoom in like you can't believe. Really? You know? like, do you transport like you know say it's like a a drug bus somewhere or whatever? Right. Do you transport like some of the DA agents with the guns and all that kind of stuff and their dogs? So land I know and that we'll go in. Right, right. I, I know that we'll we'll transport some 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 people, but I think it's more a uh, help for us. Okay rather than like picking up like the bad guys or okay. dropping off, you know, the, the cool cats, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something you see in the movies. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. But you know, I, I'm so new at this right now. I, yeah, I have yeah. just a really vague understanding of it and sure. I'm, I'm excited to learn more, you know, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, what's kind of scary. There's that much need for what you're doing for drugs in our own country. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty bad. As much as they hide it, you know, and, and of course, right. You know, I watch, um, to catch a smuggler or whatever it is on on discovery that comes through, but you you always see it in other countries. You don't think it's right. happening at your own doorstep. We're so naive, yeah. and we think we're oh, yeah. so much better than everyone else. Exactly. But there's it, some but sideways shit going on in our country right now. Yeah, not only and, that, but you know, in our own you know backyard, you know, we we need and, it here in Massachusetts. So and it's not weed, and it's not like the easy stuff. <laughs> it's, it's the bad stuff, man, and it's. Uh, I don't get it. I really don't. No. I don't no. never understand it. As long as I mm-hmm. live, hell, we can keep letting this happen. And uh, 
it's yeah. Gonna, it's going to consume us. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. What's the duty of the Blackhawk when you step into that girl? Um, so that will be um, anything stateside would be mission training. So just, uh, you know, training for what you do overseas. And Got overseas it. would be, you know, medevac. Although the medevac, sorry, the medevac unit is actually helping out whatever state they're in. So if okay. the state of Massachusetts needs the medevac help, they they assist for that, you know, forest fires and array of things. Hmm. But mostly what you're doing is when you see Blackhawks flying around, they're, they're probably doing keeping up their currency, doing trainings, getting ready for what they have to do overseas. And, you know, air assault, um, dropping off troops, you know, medevac, picking up, you know, injured personnel and, and things like that. Now, if I drive my wife's car and then I <laughs> jump in my truck, is it, it, it's the same, but it's different. Is it easy? Is it that switchable and that easy to go between the two birds? To an extent, you know, they still have the same pedals and, and they have a, a collective and, and a cyclic and, you know, but turn, you know, turning on the aircraft, it'll be different. The, the system limitations, how fast you can go, how, how steep of a bank can you make? Um, you know, the, the, the Blackhawk has long, you know, longer blades, uh, a longer tail. Um, so there's, there's differences, but I wouldn't say that it's, it's, it's too, it's not like riding a bike and then jumping on a, you know, I don't know, a, a semi truck and trying to drive, you know what I mean? But there's, there's some differences. And when, when you do flip flop back and forth, which there isn't a lot of that, if you were to go from one airframe to the next, there is a period of, you know, getting you, you know, um, spun up on that aircraft. So I'm going to put a scenario across you. Okay. You and I are in a movie. <laughs> and we just killed all the bad guys and we got to get the hell out of Dodge and there's a Chinook there. Can we go? I'll figure it out. <laughs> Let's go. All right, they I got just... a checklist. I'll turn that thing on. <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, that's got to be a whole different ball of wax, I would imagine. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. And the aerodynamics for a Chinook, because they've got two main rotor blades, not a tail. You know, it, it does create that one is a big difference. Yeah. Because with the tail rotor, that's sole purpose there is to counteract torque. But on a Chinook, you don't have that tail. You have two main rotors that just spin in opposite directions. Right. And it, yeah, there's definitely a lot more going on with, with that girl. And they fly in and out of, I'm right at the end of Bradley airport runway. Okay. So I, I've got action yep. all the time, but I'm, oh, I'm, cool. I'm inside the X to where I, we don't get air traffic over us. But our, okay. But our, so it's quiet. But the military do yeah. come over, and I love it. And we used to have A tens yes. here. It was awesome. They would come and bank and come nice and That's low. Cool. Um, and one right. of my one of my friends was a C five pilot, so he would come. I'm sorry, C one thirty, and he would bring the dirty birds over the house real low and laugh. He was <laughs> he was also one of the CrossFit gym um, coaches. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, with with the Chinooks, I mean, you people don't realize like, like you just said the the rotors turn in opposite directions. And they're so flipping close to each other too when they spin. I mean, who came up with that idea to make that work and the timing of this all? I mean, it's pretty I fascinating it, piece of machinery. Some really smart people that are way smarter than me. Or really crazy. I mean, in awe, exactly. In awe of what 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 these these uh, helicopters can do. You know. Yeah, it's nuts. We we have a couple of military bases here in New Jersey, and one of the airports that I fly out of at Atlantic City. Um, I'm not sure what it is, if it's Air National Guard or if it's actually the Air Force that's down there. 
but you know, they have F F-16s and F-18s that fly out of there. There we go. And so whenever we fly out of there, you know, even if I'm sitting in the uh, gate or I'm on the plane, I'm always looking because it's so cool watching them take off and it's oh like, my God. looking and they're like gone in two seconds. Exactly. And, uh, and they're loud. Holy crap. There was one that. time my uh, father and I were fishing. This is probably 25 years ago. And the Army Navy game was about to go off. Mm -hmm. And it was right after 9-11. And yeah, so it was actually longer than that. It was over 20 years ago. So we're sitting there fishing and all of a sudden these fighter jets flew over top of us. And we Jeez. weren't even thinking that the Army Navy game was going on. And we're like, I'm calling my wife or, you know, <laughs> here we go like, again. what's going on? Like, you know, oh my God, here we go. And she's like, or my brother, I think it was my brother. He's like, dude, it's the Army Navy game. Are you stupid? <laughs> but, you know, it kind of was like, holy crap, man, what's going to happen now? I can't believe this is going on again. Exactly. Oh my God, you must have been scared. Yeah, for about for about two minutes until I yep. found out the Army Navy game was going on, you know, because, but anyway, there. I just think it's cool to see. I mean, see those things, and uh, you know, as Kevin and I always say, it's like thank God we have all you protecting mm -hmm. us because, uh, um, you know, what would we do without them? So there's not enough people with the respect towards the what work you do, Je uh, that anywhere in this country anymore yep. you're seeing less and less of it it's pretty sad and, and right. again yep. that's why we're seeing crime the way it is because people don't have the respect for police officers anymore yeah no. It's, no. it's horrible no well we don't want to get on that soapbox we'll keep <laughs> yeah, let's that not. could be another hour right yeah, there right roger that um uh, probably longer than that <laughs> and probably some fines from youtube uh, uh -oh. yeah yeah watch yeah. out be shut no down doubt. so now you're off for the weekend you, you say you do just monday through friday is where you're at right now Yes, because I'm I'm still in that uh, they call it readiest level three. I'm trying to build up to to level one where you know I can do all the mission tasks. You know, so right now I'm doing a lot of studying. Um, you know, pop up exams for my IP. You know, Oof. all that good stuff. School <laughs> that school stuff yeah. scares me. <laughs> I thought you know I I graduated from college back in in 2010. You know, so I co I go to flight school. I'm like you know 33. 34 years old and i'm like i forgot how to study I'm like what am i doing here <laughs> on, on top of yeah. like one of my sons he, he he does he did very well in school because he knows how to take tests and there's a yeah. there's really a method that you can use and test not you're going to ace them all but there there's a lot of common formalities just in test taking isn't that insane? And then you get two old guys like us and shit. I wish I'd learned that back when I was in school. Well, yeah. I didn't like tests. No, I didn't no. like school. Yeah, I didn't no, like school right? either, so. That's why we got stuck in this trade for 35 years, Doug. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. We're not going to keep you much longer. We we appreciate, man, this has been a wild ride, um, a wild story. And what's probably even more amazing is your positivity through the whole damn thing. Absolutely. I mean, you always have a smile on your face. Crazy. They can't, you can't wipe that off me, man. Nope. That's awesome. I, mean, I love it. That, that trench thing. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that people can take from this. One is, you know, safety first. And I, and I'm not, you know, I'm the first one that doesn't wear safety glasses. Cause I always have my safety lashes on and it's like, ah, whatever. But <laughs> at every level that you go further away from safety, yeah. something like what you just did could happen. And, and that, that was, that's 13 feet just still blowing me away. That's, <laughs> that's not a joke. Wow. No, 
and you start cutting corners when it's a small thing, you know, then Always. all of a sudden now you're forgetting shoring for a big trench, you know? So, you know, definitely got to take it serious when it comes to safety. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we all, we all do it. And we we get comfortable. Yep. Right. And oh, that's, yeah. that's the thing I'm nervous for you in, in any pilot like that, you know, and that would be my problem too. Ah, the checklist. Yeah, I got most of it done. <laughs> Screw it. You know, cause you just get comfortable and you think you can oh, yeah. take on the world. Like, ah, shit, I'm yeah, I can glide down. Um, right. Yeah. Complacency kills, you know, but, you know, luckily we're, we're in a, you know, a department, you know, the aviation is safety has to be number one. You know, (laughs) when I fly, I will never fly single pilot. You know, it's one good thing about, about the armies. They'll make sure there's two pilots, but I'm flying, you know, crew chiefs or, or paramedics, you know, you know, people in the back passengers, you know, their lives are in our hands. And if we do end up skipping the checklist you know it's not a good end so people just quickly before we go people don't understand that when you go up with a crew your crew chief you basically have your own personal mechanic on board at all times right yes that's what that position yeah that's what that position is and i imagine it's a pretty important position oh definitely i mean honestly we wouldn't even have an aircraft to fly if it wasn't for our crew chiefs they are the ones that make sure it's airworthy they do the checks you know, daily checks, weekly checks, hour long checks, you know, they, it flies so much, so many hours, they, they do what they need to do. And, and honestly, they're, they're the Kings, Kings of the, of, of the helicopter. So your, the your lives are in their hands. And yeah, exactly. And then when you right. flip the switch, it's the other way around. Exactly. Yep. That's, wild, that's how yeah. we, we, we work well together because we are, you know, responsible for so many different parts of it. Yeah. I just don't think a lot of people realize that there's important people on, other than the two people in the glass windows looking cool on those birds right. that yeah. make it really that make that thing do what it needs to do oh, when yeah. it ne- when oh, yeah. when it needs to do it exactly yep so Whole what do, team what do you think is going to happen in this crazy world of what's going on some of these aircraft going to be going other places and doing things oh yeah i mean come oh, on oh yeah look at her oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a ticking time bomb man i don't know you know i don't i don't have insight i see the news like you do yeah, but yeah. It's not looking good. I don't. That's think. too bad. That, that's a it shame. Is, it is a shame, but you know what? We just got we got to do what we got to do to to keep peace, and you know, it, we got we got to start making some moves. You know, in my opinion, because I I don't want it to come to a war, and sometimes you know, a, it does. It's which, a great attitude. Yeah. It it really is an attitude that a lot of people don't think of anymore because of the softer environment we've created that like right. you said we just have to do what we need to do right to protect our sovereign country exactly. interest yep mm-hmm. no we don't we don't want it to come here you know we want to make we, we need to keep us safe yep 100 <laughs> percent. keep the pollution right. over there when we light them up <laughs> right <laughs> but you know we also don't really i mean i know i don't want any wars ever again but you know it's no. inevitable but we just don't want these stupid things that are going on right. because we don't want our military people dying let alone, thing, let alone I, civilians you know it's right, yeah. uh, it's crazy and that's the thing i think too many people are blind to how much evil is really out there and how oh, yeah. evil will always be out there oh yeah and, and we, we if we can't we can't just look away and pretend it's not there yeah it know? doesn't go away because we look no. the other way <laughs> you, you look know, the other way it's just going to come bigger and stronger you know so yeah i can remember there. back in day when the first gulf war went on and just remember the support 
I believe, and maybe yeah. I'm wrong, I believe that the country had for our military yeah. that was going on. And then, you know, we had the yellow ribbons all over the place. Everybody was flying their flag. Right. And then, you know, the second time we went over there, it was like skull and crossbones. We didn't, like, people didn't want to think about it. Then 9-11 came. Here we go again. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, rah, rah for our country. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know what happened, but by like 2012, 2014 in that ballpark, it just shifted. And I don't yeah. know how it happened. I wish we could turn back the clock, but just realize people would realize we still live in the best country in the world. Oh, yeah. And uh, regardless of what some of these people say, <laughs> I was going to use another word, but I won't. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I love being able to walk down the street and not having yeah. to worry about a bomb going off in my backyard. Yeah. You know, God forbid we had that same situation like other countries do. And exactly. uh, I just, you know, we just take it for granted. Oh, and gosh, I just you. wish that I wish we could all just wake up and, you know, love our neighbor again. You know, right. like at the end of the day, yes, there's bad people in the world. I yeah. got it. But it's not everybody. No, exactly. And you know, it just don't. It just pains me to see the crap that goes on. That that everybody thinks this one hates this. Everyone thinks that this one hates that, and it's not the case. It's just that's what they want you to believe, and it's just exactly. it's insane. Anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> there, there is more good in our country than there is bad. There really, really is. It yep. just we just um, we. Maybe not you, me, or the three of us, but there's just different glasses out there right now. And yep. everything is just focused on the negative. And that yep. this is what's happened when you do that. Instead of, like Ashley, focusing on the positive and look what's happened. She's got herself out of a 13-foot trench, recovered yep. from all that. Now she's in flight school getting ready to go up in the air next week, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I know that actually it is next week. It's, February's here. Awesome. It's yeah, it's going. So I can't wait to see in the sky, hopefully. Come by Bradley. I'll, I'll wave. wave to you. I'm really close. <laughs> we'll be drinking some IPAs saluting you. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need to in them. All right. So it's warrant officer, correct? Yes, it is. Ashley Piccarelli. That's it. My God, you got it right. Yes. That's I, it. I like that last name. It's it's easy to say. It's cute. Uh, right. Thank you. No. For we again, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you expressing your story because I think it's very important on the safety part, but also that hell when you're down, just keep digging. And and I don't right. mean that in the wrong way of you getting yeah, out of a trench, no. but you you basically put the the title on that freaking saying. Dig yourself <laughs> out of a trench and freaking let's go. Let's put our bo exactly. our boots on and let's go to work. <laughs> Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you for our yep. freedom. Thank you for everything you're doing for us. Um, we look yep. forward to hearing more, probably through yeah, Jessica, definitely. Um, of your flight and how that works for it. I do have some pretty cool pictures that Jessica sent us, so we're going to hopefully awesome. get your permission to post them as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Please do. Helicopter and, uh, thank pictures, you for having me. Oh, it's our <laughs> pleasure. It's, it's our been, honor. It's been a blast. No, thank you. This was uh, fun. It, 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 Really great conversation went by really fast. Good. Yeah. Thank you so much. I knew yeah. I heard you were from a little birdie, you were a little nervous, but hopefully that that got out of your <laughs> No, yeah, it definitely helped. You guys are easy to talk to. That was awesome. Was uh, Jessica like was nervous too. Don't let her kid you. <laughs> and, and we can we can take your money even easier, so be careful. <laughs> All right, guys. Exactly. Everyone have a great weekend. We thank you for listening and tuning in. And uh best of luck in, in your career of flying the birds and protecting us. Thank you so much, and thank you for your support. Absolutely. 
Thanks for listening to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. We are always interested in topics you want us to dig deeper into. You can submit a topic or a question from the link in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends so we can all be better turf managers and successful entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs.